What is up, everyone? Tuesday night, 8 o'clock. So you guys know what that means. Another edition of the Buffalo Blitz right here on the Built on Buffalo Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter network. And if you're listening on the audio platform tomorrow morning, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, or wherever you get your podcasts at the Built on Buffalo Podcast Network. We appreciate everyone that's tuning in tonight. We have, as you guys know, crap ton to talk about it's a situation that we never thought we would get to in the point of the season but we're going to talk it we're going to talk about it and if you're on facebook if you're on youtube make sure you guys like and comment give us your thoughts your opinions where you see this team moving forward we're going to talk about the loss we're going to talk about some other things involving the loss we will preview the broncos game as always don't you worry about that but lance how are we doing tonight my man doing well my uh Headphones just died on me all of a sudden. So I'm trying to switch. Can you hear me? Yep, I can now. So um yeah, uh boy, really um really tough loss. I guess, you know, it, it's just making these other losses like the Patriots loss even more and yeah. more uh heartbreaking more so because when we went into the season, if you look back at when we were predicting the schedule and things, I had us taking an L here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and so that really doesn't surprise me now the way we lost the you know the ability was there in some respects where they didn't put it away necessarily there it was that kind of almost there for the taking throughout the game there was instances where we had a shot still um, we weren't out of it at any point really um until the last drive when they when they converted that last first down there on the run around the end um, when von Miller <clears throat> couldn't couldn't make the play. Um, there's a lot of um, people upset, rightfully so. But we are five and four in a 17 game season. Um, you know, Kansas City is struggling as well, albeit they're winning the games when their offense is struggling, and, and the Bills are not doing that. So I think that um, you know that's one of the bigger issues. Uh, before we get into all that, though, let me tell you about our sponsor, Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the best daily fantasy app on the planet. You can go in there, do a daily draft, a best ball draft that goes throughout the season, or a you can do daily pickums. Use promo code BLITZ to sign up now. You'll get your deposit matched up to $100 and a player pick'em promo. Um, pick'em's been... Very tough for me lately, but uh, yeah, uh, I think that it's tough. You get a guy like Bijan Robinson uh, yeah. for like 23 and a half yards, and then he does I, two. He gets three. So it's I like, missed uh, Kenneth Walker a couple weeks ago by three yards rushing. Yeah. So Happy. go out there, um, you know, take your shot at the Pick'em promos. You're getting uh, promo specials now where you get players to get 0.5 yards or more, things like that. So, uh, Easier ways to win. They just added this scorcher thing that I kind of like where you kind of get multipliers if you pick a yeah, certain. I call it the uh, spicy emoji. There you go. You got, this, <laughs> you got the spicy emojis out there. Um, all, all kinds of stuff. They got a, they're got they coming up with different ways, um, good ways to keep everyone uh, engaged and, and keep uh, the games fun. So go out there, Underdog Fantasy, promo code Blitz, sign up now uh, and get your deposit matched and your player pick them promo. So, so we will. 
Oh, I got it. We, we, we have a lot to talk about tonight, right, guys? And comment section, we're going to try to get to a lot of the comments. If you guys want your comment on the screen and us talking about your comment or your question, use Super Chat. Go over to YouTube. Make it a Super Chat, and we will 1,000, a million percent talk about it. So we're going to talk about the recap. We're going to recap the loss for the first five, ten minutes. We're going to go to the next part of that would be who's to blame for the offensive struggles. We're going to talk about how do they turn the ship around and is the AFC East still in play? Because if you saw, if you followed football over the weekend, the AFC East decided to uh, not show up this weekend. And they all respectively went 0-4. Pages losing to the Commanders, Miami losing to the Chiefs, and the Jets putting up six points and getting walloped by the Chargers on Monday Night Football. And obviously the Bills lost 2014. But Lance, I want I, I want to piggyback off what you said, right, to start your show. Kind of like your little monologue to start the show. We all went into the season thinking these are this is one of the games that they're going to lose or that we had circled as a potential loss, right? Even if how good this team can be, going into Cincinnati is not an easy task. We haven't done it and we haven't beat Cincinnati, right? Like so, we all kind of right. circled this. So this loss is it's not the loss; it's the problem. Like you lost to the Patriots. Yeah, we were six and two going into Sunday night, and we lose, and we're six and three. Guess what we're talking about right now? We're talking about a team that lost a narrow loss to the Bengals, a team maybe that we're not there yet to compete with the Bengals, but we are still talking about a team that would be first in the division. That's a big swing of emotions and where this team would be, but we are not. We are talking about a team that thankfully had some got some luck, got some um got some help over the weekend with three AFC's losses, most notably the Jets loss, keeps the Jets behind the Bills playoff picture and the division and Miami still a game back. Right. So like the bills, everything's still in front of them. Like 100%. everything of my Miami's on by this week, but a bills win this week. And then a Miami loss next week. And the bills win that week as well. Those are first in the division. Everything's in front of the bills right now, but it's one of those teams that is just, it is not clicking. It is from top to bottom. And if we're kind of recapping the game, obviously the Bengals score early. And I was like, Oh boy. Oh boy. Defense starts slow, and you get it with the injuries. But then the offense goes down, and, sco- and you score. And you, you know, what? I immediately thought Miami. Thought of the Miami game, right? Obviously, the difference Miami game. We had Matt Milano, Trey White, Daquan Jones. It, this was not the Miami game. It was the complete opposite. That the offense completely right. fell out, and they did nothing until the fourth quarter. That Dalton Kincaid fumble towards the end was very unfortunate. Uh, maybe the outcome is different if they punch that in. It a thousand percent could have been different. Uh, but I thought Don Kincaid put like a stud, and I think he's a stud. And I think we kind of see that already. That fourth, that fumble was unfortunate. They make it 24-18. They get the two-point conversion, or they make it 21-8. Do they make it? Made it 24-18. 24-18, yeah. 24-18, not 21. 24-18, you needed to stop, and you didn't get it. It's it's more or less like it's similar to the Patriots game when you needed to stop and you didn't get it, and you're like, yes, we blame the defense. They should get a stop. But – the offense for three quarters was horrid. It was just that it was horrid. And I, it's, I don't know even know where to go there. So Lance, what were, what were your first, I guess, initial takeaways from the loss? Yeah. I mean, I think everyone may hear this every week, week in and week out, but it's, it's just the way I watch the game with starting in the trenches. And we talk about every week, what the keys of the game are going into it. And it's win the battles up front, win the battles up front, win the battles up front. That's all you hear from me. But it's for good reason. We're not winning the battles up front. Here's an example. 
So early, uh, I think this is a second down play, um, and people might not like the the runs, but look at Mitch Morris pull around and just whiff on this guy. Like, we just can't. This is the type of poor execution that people are somehow blaming Ken Dorsey for. Like, that's not a Ken Dorsey problem. No, that's uh, Mitch Morris and Aaron Cromer. Problem. And it's happening over and over and over and over again throughout the entire game on both sides of the ball in the trenches. The defensive linemen are getting this duo scheme that people are running against the Bills where two men block one and then that guy, then one of the linemen climbs to the second level and the linebacker and takes on him. It's the reason we cannot stop the run is because we cannot defeat those duo schemes. And I call them combo blocks. That's what I'm used to calling them. But everyone in the biz now calls them duo schemes. So I guess I'll, I'll use that term. But really, these combo blocks where two guys start on the uh, the defensive lineman and climb up to the second level, and the linebackers are just wildly successful against the Bills. The guy, the linebackers can't avoid it, and the defensive lineman can't eat them. When Daquan Jones was here, and I know can't dwell on who's not here, but what all I'm saying is when Daquan Jones was here, if someone duoed him, and then as soon as the guy released off him, he beat his man basically defeating that that combo block. The Bills aren't doing that anymore. The defensive linemen that are here are not doing that anymore. They're allowing themselves to get taken out of the play by the double team, and then that next guy gets to the linebacker, and now we have our defensive backs trying to make every tackle in the run game almost because we just can't get to the runner. So, um, you know, that my biggest takeaway from this game is that something has to change up front. Um, and both it doesn't... Guys? It, the, it, the the play calling could certainly change to accommodate that too. Um, you saw fourth and one for the Bengals, and they run a shotgun pass where they just hit Jamar Chase um, for a zone beater for a for, for a first down. Where's yeah. the Bills plays there? We're at third and one. We're at second and short. We're not hitting those plays, and that's yeah. the difference in why. We're not being successful because when we need that play, it's we're, there's no seemingly sure thing. I don't ever see how anyone could take away Stefan Diggs on a slant pattern. I just don't see how you, they can stop it. Did you? And, and somehow we don't we don't run that. And it's did like you see why? My, did you see my tweet today? No, I haven't been on social media at all. Am I allowed to pull up a next gen stat? Will we get in trouble yeah. by the NFL if I pull up a next gen stat on our? I'll I'll, I'll allow it. What is okay? So I gotta go download this. Tell him the president of built-in Buffalo said it was okay. Yeah, but yeah. okay. So let's talk about when I'm gonna have you keep talking while I have to go find this image. But let's, sure. let's move to who's to blame for the offensive struggles because I think we kind of gave our recap of the loss. Oh, one, uh, I lost my train of thought. But one final thing is, I think it was just one of those games where, and you know, no, one final thing is the when I, the post game or I guess the day after press conferences drive me a little bit nuts. Because I feel like there's something just not clicking with, yeah. with Ken Dorsey, with Sean McDermott, with Josh Allen, with the fact that like someone says we want to go up tempo, someone says we don't want to go up tempo. It's one of those types of. We're at the point of the season where if you're Josh Allen and he wasn't perfect, that and let's we can go to the offensive struggles. That Josh Allen pass to Gabe Davis 
when in your own side of the field was terrible. Yeah. You can't throw that ball. You can't force that ball into a tight window. And he tried to, and he did, and it resulted in a pick. We have to sometimes take what the defense gives you. Sean McDermott talks about on the offensive side of the ball, we got to play complimentary football. And people got mad at him for saying that. I get what he's saying, though. If you watch the Bills, right, the Bengals always started around their own 40 to 45-yard line. The Bills were always backed up having to go 85, 90 yards. We're not playing complimentary football on both sides of the ball. That's the defense giving up a lot of chunk plays, but then standing, but then punting and putting the offense back in a situation where they have to drive 85 yards for the touchdown. You can't keep having to drive 85 yards. But then you have the flip side of you're backed up on your own side of the field and Josh Allen tries to force the ball. You can't. That just can't happen. Like, I love Josh Allen, but it's 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 him, it's everybody. So, Lance, I'm going to ask you, we'll start with this. This is a very open-ended question. There's a lot of ways we can go with this. Where, where are we looking at who's to blame right now for the offensive struggles while I go find this next-gen? Yeah, it's tough to say one person, really, and that's I hate to kind of be vague on it, but it's hard to tell because on the plays where the offensive line actually picks up protection and Allen has time, so let's remove that. So now you have scheme from Ken Dorsey, you have timing from Josh Allen, and you have separation from the receivers. And it's just those things aren't happening all at once consistently enough for this offense to be successful because either Allen misses his timing on a play and then he doesn't know what to do because he doesn't want to run anymore. So he's sitting there trying to come up with another plan, but he has to roll out and then everyone gets bunched up and you see all these receivers together and there's nowhere to throw the ball. So he has to basically just run it out out of bounds or maybe he makes something happen against Cincinnati. He did actually gain some rushing yards on those. But when earlier in the season, when he really wasn't trying to run, part of the failure was that he misses his timing. um, And once that window is gone, he doesn't know where to move on or how to move on into his progression or to another person or nobody else is open because that was the one read. Um, So that that's part of it. Part of it is scheme. When you know that your offensive line isn't protecting your quarterback, you have got to call quicker passes. When we were successful, he was getting the ball out at two point something seconds. Yeah. Now the wild thing is if you go back and look at the Miami game, when our offense looked the best, what happened to that? His average time to throw was actually the longest in any game this season against Miami. Why is that? They had the better protection. When the offensive line is able to protect, give him the time to get some reads in, this offense will be better. These things are not happening consistently. It's a combination of scheme, it's- separation by receivers, offensive line protection, and Josh Allen getting the ball out on time to the rhythm play. He's got to see it. There's times that people are open. I just watched the all 22 back a couple, a time and a half, basically just before now. And, and you see, he will ignore a hot route. And especially when it's James cook, it drives me nuts. He did him the ball, let him get four or five yards, save yourself, especially with your shoulder being hurt. Dump it off. And it just, it's not happening. 
It's not happening consistently. Did he do it a little bit? Yeah, he did it a few times, but it's not happening. The problem is the consistency of those four things happening at the same time on the same play is just so erratic. It it makes the offense look discombobulated. And we, I feel like, and Bob in the comment section talked about a broken record. I feel like we've talked about this a ton of times. And we've, you and I both advocated for James Cook and being more involved in the offense, not running the ball, but if he can run the ball, the Bills' offense is different. And the Bills haven't run the ball great in a couple weeks. Uh, they did okay against the Giants. Tampa Bay, they were fine in the run game. Patriots, they weren't great. And this week, they weren't great in the run game. But if you can get him the ball in the flats and make someone miss, Make someone sorry. Make someone make a tackle on James Cook, who who you drafted to do that, right? Like use yeah. your weapons. It's okay to take the five yard out route, check down into the yeah. flat. For What's sure. wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that. And there's a couple good positives that came from this game offensively. We talked about Don Kincaid. If you take out the fumble, I thought Don Kincaid the last couple weeks has looked really good, and he's starting to look like an the guy we drafted, which is a great sign because him and Diggs could be great together. But then you have the other side of where Davis has once again in the game fallen completely invisible, completely invisible. And if you want to say he's the third option now, you're probably right, right? Like I, it's probably Diggs, Kincaid, then Davis at this point. Is it Diggs, Davis, Kincaid, Shakir? Probably not. I'm probably joking at that point. But it's I, I think it would be fair to say that Davis is your third receiving option at this moment. Uh, Kincaid's looked really good. I get it. The fumble was terrible. It was a t- great play by the defender. Uh, but I think you need Kincaid, and I think he's been great lately. But you need Gabe Davis. He can't have zero yards. Catches. Right. That's just just can't not cannot happen. And is it now he did get targets, so he did drop one in the end zone when his face mask does get pulled that down. Was a face mask. And 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 that is what it is, but hit your hands, bro. Catch the ball. Touch you touch it, you catch it. I mean, I don't he think it twice. He was struggling twice, yeah. Lance. We threw the ball One was a, one was right to the defensive back, we had no chance. And then the second one is almost right. a touchdown. Okay. And that's you're right. The second one of them was a terrible throw. So yeah. but he wasn't looked at at all in the offense. It's it's yeah, that, and you have that seems Dalton like Kincaid. that's that's got to be scheme there. That's Don Kincaid was targeted 11 times, caught the ball 10. This guy catches the ball. This guy's a playmaker, Lance. I don't know what you think, but I think this guy's a stud. Yep. Uh, let's bring I love, up. I love Don Kincaid. Obviously, I think he's no fun. Still got to learn to not leave his feet, really. Not, yeah. I mean, that was so unnecessary to it go was, and try to get that extra. One yard when you're at the 13 yard line, you're not going to get you already got the first down, bro. Like, you're you not getting any, though, right? You know, he was absolutely devastated, he obviously, because he knew um, what the point of that game was. And you just got to lower your shoulder there and, and go to the ground. And he had the opportunity to do it and he chose to to try to make the, the valiant play, yeah, which did. didn't it's not going to get you anything in the end. Like, what does it get you? Another yard like that at that point, you got to get down a for the clock as well, just get down. And then let's get another playoff. You know, you got a first down at that point. Now you got first uh, and ten from the thirteen yard line. Let's go. Like, there's no, no reason. Um, yeah. I think that another example. It's not just run game. Um, I'm gonna bring this this one up quick, and then you, if you got your next gen, we can play it. Look at a how Allen holds the ball here, and then b um, 
how a simple twist on the right side of the Bills offensive line with um, Torrance and Brown. And Brown just gets, I mean, what are we doing? They just get demolished. I mean, it's a simple twist and they can't pick up these simple things. It's not like it's a super complex uh, pass rush here. This has got to be something Spencer Brown's been doing well, but in this one specifically, he just doesn't, he just <laughs> turns his back to a guy and gets rushed. Now, did Allen have uh, time to get rid of that ball potentially before the rush got there? Was Kincaid here good? Yes, throw the ball, right? But it's just, it's too bang, bang. The offensive line has to give him some help. Yeah. I think they, they had been previously um, doing that. And I think that, you know, our, our offensive line play is, is becoming a much bigger issue than people might realize. I think that you have to, you have to be able to call some routes down the field here and there. You can't just go quick every time, you know, yeah. but, but you also, but everything need can't to, be a post. <laughs> yeah. You also need to not go deep every time. And you have to understand that it's quick in rhythm passes. Again, I don't know how anybody could cover Stefan Diggs on a slant pattern and, and I haven't seen one run or thrown um, too often here in the last couple of weeks. And I say this, I feel like every season and I'm just getting tired of saying it. Why people are talking about in the comments, how we sound like broken records sometimes. And I, I get it. Like it's the same, it's same thing over and over again, for sure. What so this is Stefan Diggs's next gen stats. If you guys, this is free for anybody that wants to go access it. They, they do about three to four players per game from per team. Uh, they did con- Cade, I think they did Diggs and Allen, I think, or maybe they did Cook. I don't know. Uh, but they usually do a couple players per per game per team for next gen. Type in next gen stats and find the bills. So anybody can access this information. This isn't like classified or behind a paywall. This is free information for anybody to access. So this is by next gen stats. You can see obviously Diggs and Allen targeted seven times, six catches, eighty-six yards, a touchdown. Right, good. Do we see a, how many slant passes do we really see here? I see two, but one's not really a, the one closest to us. The long one right here. I know you can't see my mouse. Uh, is not really yeah, a we slant. Can, if you put it on the, that screen, I can see it now. You can see it? Oh, yeah. If you put awesome. It on the, yep. Yeah, yeah. Oh, let's go. So you see this slant route. <laughs> this is, I would say, I would classify this as a slant route. Yep. I would not classify this as a slant route. I don't, this is more of, just kind of an in and kind of a yeah. sit in the zone thing. But Stefan exactly. Diggs, that was not proper knowledge uh, term, terminology, but Stefan Diggs at his best is running those type of slam pads. And obviously, look, he had that touchdown here, uh, that great ball by Allen, which we love to see. We've seen that time for time. Allen likes that deep ball into the corner of the end zone, kind of low. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's worked multiple times over the years and worked against the Bengals on Sunday. But get And look the- at the long one there, right? Short, he, he caught the ball near the yeah. line of scrimmage, and he's got 40 yards of rack, 35 yards. I mean, and, but, ready? But also, if you look at this, right, the, the one slam pass worked. Route, yeah. caught the ball, up, 10 yards. I like first downs. Yeah. First downs are pretty good to me. Obviously, the one slam pass you ran, he caught it and got a first down. Oh, maybe we should go back to it. We don't. And that's where... The coaching where you can blame the offensive coordinator comes into uh, fruition. It's like too yeah, many plays like, that you're choosing what, to go back to. But what are you know, the, when like, you call something that you've already done, 
is he's called, you know, he's going back to seemingly the wrong place. Like where, where are these plays where it's just like, right here. this is easy. This is going to be too easy. Let's just call it. Cause we need five yards. Yeah. Like, where is that? Where is it's this not, offense? It's, doesn't it, have it right there's now. There's no check down. There's no slam pass. Wayne in the comment section screens, check down quick slants and run the ball. And then you know what that opens up? That opens up the bomb. That opens up the deep ball to Davis, to Kincaid, to Davis, whoever. It opens it up. But you can't just sit back there. And I'll take this off the screen. But you can't just sit back there and just stand in the shotgun and try to let it rip 50 times. That's, that's Part of the reason is Allen is Allen lends himself. Allen is notorious for holding on to the football. He does. He's done it his entire career, and it absolutely drives us nuts when he does it. But that's what he does. And as great of a quarterback as he is, and listen, I had this written down to say today, and I guess I'll say it now. You know, I was clamoring that Josh Allen was the best player in the NFL leading up to this season. I can't say that anymore. I can't. I can't even act like that's true. And he's does he have the ability to be? Year. Sure, he does have the ability to be, but he just doesn't. He's not doing it when it matters, when it needs, when we need him to put the team on his shoulders and get it done, and get us a first down here, or get us uh, some yards, or a touchdown, or whatever it may be. It's just it's not happening this year. Um, he's had a, a, It's he's not had all on him. Year. But it's just definitely, you know, something where he's he's got a tendency to hold the ball. And that's that's something that, you know, when this offense struggles, he presses and he holds it more. Or if he lets it go, he ends up making that boneheaded throw like he did to the defender on the route to Gabe Davis. Like um, Matt was in the comments earlier um, that said and he told me this uh, when we were talking during the game that. Davis looked like he could have had his man beat, but Allen threw a laser right to the defender when he could have put some touch on it and put it down the field a little bit longer. You know, that's what it looked like to me. I didn't zone in on that play back when I was watching the film back. I, I got to go check that out again, but that's, that's what it looked yeah. like live. And, and I think, you know, if, if he just has the ability to, it's weird because we saw the sugar high, Josh got to keep your composure now he's not keeping his composure, but he's not up either. Where's the fire? You see him on the bench with a blank stare half the time. It's like, is this guy on drugs? Like, because he doesn't want to get too amped up. Is he taking something to bring himself down during the game so he can try to stay in it? It's like, it's that's not working, man. Whatever it is, whatever's it's, going on there, and that's he, just, it's not happening. And he's had a good year. He's had a good, I think he's had a pretty good year. His stats, his stats are Really good. He's a ton of touchdowns on the year. Uh, top in the league. One of the top in the league in touchdowns. His interceptions are up to nine. He, The turnovers are brutal. But I want to bring up, and I saw this graph, and I tweeted this a couple days ago. Uh, it's quarterbacks in the league, and it's uh, a graph of EPA, which is people love EPA and people hate EPA. And Izzy, I agree with you, Izzy. Josh needs to mature. He stands down with wide receivers. Yeah, he can't stare down wide receivers. He stared down Gabe Davis on that interception. You have to use the whole field because you have weapons, right? Like you have Davis, but you have Diggs, you have Cook, you have Shakir who's emerged the last two weeks. You have Kincaid who's emerged the last three weeks. Like you have guys that are really good, that are really talented, and that have produced, even in a loss, they have produced. It's 
But I'm going to pull up this graph, and I tweeted this a couple days ago. And you can take it wherever you want, and I'm not justifying the graph, or I'm not saying this, but this is just something you want if you guys want to look at. These are all the quarterbacks in the National Football League that I've taken a snap, I believe. No, all the starting quarterbacks in the National Football League. Uh, some injured, some not. All that has played legit snaps. And you can see on the left, EPA. Uh, it's a measurement evaluating players. And then you can see right here, offensive PFF grade at the very bottom. And then obviously it charts it, right? Josh Allen's right here. Highest and furthest to the right means he's yep. the best. He's the best. I'm not saying he's the best because he hasn't been the best. I'm just saying there's a lot of different – there's a lot of information coming out that he's been the best analytical quarterback in the National Football League based on the stats, based off EPA times. PFF. I guess Brock Purdy's higher than him on the well, EPA, but not as far on yeah, PFF grade. Not so. Nowhere near PFF. Brock Purdy's just chilling by himself up there doing some weird stuff. <laughs> um EPA and, um, maniac. EPA may EPA may maybe Brock Purdy runs EPA, and maybe, maybe, P, maybe PFF hates Brock Purdy. I don't know. I'm totally joking. But look, you see Allen, you see Mahomes, you see Tua, you see Cousins, you see Golf, you see Lamar, Dak, Hurts, uh, Andy Dalton making an appearance there. Well, yeah, smaller yeah, obviously. Why is it not so small? Small sample size, probably. <laughs> Herbert's probably a little alarming down there. The craziest thing is there was one I was looking at before. Um, obviously, Deshaun Watson's bad, been bad this year. Herbert's been kind of mid. But, yeah, you look at this and you're like, maybe it isn't Josh Allen. But maybe it is. It's one of those things where it's like I don't know what to believe. Like, do you believe the eye test? Do you believe the stats? Do you believe well, – It's the, not all Josh Allen. Like I said, it's no. just – there's a, it's a mixture of all these things. You know, it's one or two bad plays from Allen, one or two bad plays from the offensive line. One or two bad plays from the receivers not getting separation. One or two bad calls where the scheme isn't good. And throughout the game, that's all it takes. Because on a drive, these guys are going three and out because they're having this happen on second or third down. And there's your drive. Now, now you got to punt. And that's it's happening far more often than it used to, where there's a breakdown by one of those in one of those four areas, and it's just causing this offense to look terrible and it's and, really not and that's why the epas all that stuff's good because it's really just a handful of plays every game where they don't convert a third down or they get behind the sticks on second down because of x y or z a whether sack, it's a, a, a sack, bad a, a missed pass or bad routes they gotta throw it away whatever you get zero yards on a on a on a down which you're not going to get yards every down i get it but you know all these runs that people are are crapping on and saying ah you can't run the ball so much we're just not good at it but, yeah but you can't run an offense without having some element of a run game no you can't i, I get like you you can you try run like you don't have to run off and they don't run it that they didn't run that often against cincinnati they had i think six carries for cook and six and then some carries for allen maybe one or two in there for, for Murray. I, I don't remember exactly. And I didn't pull up the stats, but they, you know, they're not running the ball that much last week. They didn't. And they, if they can't run the ball because the offensive line cannot block and give the lanes to the running back to make something happen, then this offense isn't going to look good for a while. So when I, when I look at this, 
I really think that more consistent offensive line play yeah. and the ability to, to take that element of inconsistency out of play will vastly improve this offense. I agree. I think they need to be more consistent offensively. I think Josh Allen needs to take the checkdowns. I think he needs to take the slam passes, use James Cook. But Kincaid and Diggs have been great. Shakir has come on of late. Uh, 149 yards the last two games. He's been awesome. Get him more involved. But I think this whole offense has to come together. Ken Dorsey, Sean McDermott, Josh Allen. All come together. We got to right the ship. We have to figure out what works the best and what doesn't. And we all have to do what we are comfortable with. If it, is it up-tempo at times? Yes. Is it slowing it down? Yes. Is it running the ball when you need to run the ball? Is it taking the check down, Josh Allen? Is it not forcing the ball? It's everything coming together for this offense. And the whole staff in Buffalo needs to figure out how to write this ship. This offense and this team is too talented to be a 5-14 and four team right now. For sure. Too yeah. talented. Uh, let's get to how do they turn the ship around. Let's let's talk about maybe as a whole because we just talked about offense for maybe felt like twenty hours. But mm-hmm. so look, they're five and four, right, Lance? They're sitting at five and four. They're sitting just outside the playoff spot in the AFC, which at this point doesn't really matter, right? Like there's four AFC North teams in the playoffs right now. Not going to happen, right? Because they still have to play each other a ton of more times. It's just there's, there's not going to be four AFC North teams. There might be three. But most likely two, right? You know what I mean? Like Lance, like teams are going to play each other. They're going to lose to each other. They're going to win each other. Some, you know what I mean? The Bills are sitting a game out of the, the leading the division, and they are sitting out because of their loss of a playoff spot. Obviously, the Bengals are the seven seed at five and three, or five and four is eight seed. So they're right outside the playoffs, and they're right outside the division. Miami has a bye this week, uh, but in the AFC, in the AFC East, the Bills take on the Broncos, the Jets take on the Raiders, and the Patriots take on the Colts. All three teams should win those games. But you never know. Jets versus the Raiders, you never know. Us versus the Broncos, I guess you never know. But Lance, how do, and we'll get to the AFC East in a second, but how do they turn this whole ship around? Like, where do they need to start? Offense, defense, special teams, coaching. Like, what's the main thing that comes to your mind when you're like, we do this, this team can get to the 10, 11 wins. I'm not going to say 12. 10, I 11 think we wins. focus on, and I think the answer is that the offense has to be able to be relied upon. Because the defense is by no means perfect. I had, was having a, or a short conversation on Twitter um, the night of the game, and the guy brought up a pretty decent point. We haven't gotten a takeaway on defense in some time now um, since Someone the Miami game. Lance, and I'm trying to cut you and off. that causes that the, the, the offense to have to sustain long drives every time rather than having some momentum in some shorter fields where maybe even if the offense sputters, if they have a shorter field, it could result in a field goal at least and not and not zero points. So there's that the defense making some plays, getting some turnovers, but you also, you know, you have to limit we are the most penalized team in the league right now with 60. Are we actually? Yes. And, and you have got to correct that. You cannot continually shoot yourselves in the foot God. and put yourself behind the six. So the 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 discipline that these guys have or don't have at this moment has got to improve because they're just not good enough to overcome it. Plain and simple. 
they're not good enough yeah, to overcome all the penalties. No, no team and and the, no, yeah, exactly. And plus the inconsistency that they're having in the areas that we talked about. So, so they got it. That's first and foremost. And you know, I think that there is something to say about this coaching staff. Maybe going back to basics, as someone said here, and and being able to to try to make it easier or more simple to no that's not it um i thought that you were referring to <laughs> yeah because look, look I, I was just saying for the cincinnati game you know you look at two turnovers there that changed the entire like that's that's the game you talk about allen's interception now maybe they don't do anything with that drive maybe anyway, they keep the field goal. but maybe they get again. and and then you talk about the, the kincaid fumble those two things, like that Kincaid fumbles killer, dude. It definitely kills the the chances to win that game. When you're driving and you're in the red zone and you put the ball on the ground, like McDermott didn't do that. How is that McDermott's fault? How's did that McDermott throw that ball? Did, did did McDermott fumble that ball? No. Can Dorsey fumble Those are that players, ball? you know? You got it's look, it's both, right? And that's why I said about a couple minutes ago, you all have to come together. The coaching, the players, you have to execute is Ken Dorsey and Sean McDermott perfect this year. No, this is probably their worst coaching job they've done through nine games. Sean McDermott has it's besides the rookie year, Josh on that. I don't even count that because that team was rebuilding. Mm-hmm. This is Ken Dorsey's worst nine games. I think I've seen because it's, I think he was way better last year. This team went 13 three last year. Right. And we talked about this team struggling at times last year. We would take that over what we're seeing right now. And I keep going back. Right. And I hate doing this. I keep thinking about the Patriots game. I'm like that game's gonna come back and that game's gonna bite us. Yeah. Because if you're six and three right now and you have a chance to go seven and three on Monday night, totally different feel of this team. Totally. Your three losses would be to the Jets on Monday night, which would be a week one. You can count that as the week one game. To the Jaguars, who have been great, and to the Bengals. Mm-hmm. That Patriots loss is gonna come back and bite you. And I hope they don't. I hope they win a game they're not supposed to down the stretch. They might have to. It starts Monday with the Bang- Broncos. And Lance, I know people like to look down the road, all that stuff. The things you should be looking at when you're looking at this team is who they're playing next and who in the AFC East is playing. That's it for that week. Right. So look at the the Jets playing the Raiders and look at the Patriots playing the Colts. But I want to say one thing. You talked about the uh penalties. The Bills are currently first in the NFL. In penalties, that can't happen. There's not a single team that can overcome that. You know who was the three worst teams last year in penalties in 2022 season? The three teams that led the league in penalties: the Arizona Cardinals, the Denver Broncos, and the Las Vegas Raiders. Those teams were terrible. You cannot do that. And the fourth, the Tennessee Titans, did not make the playoffs. The fifth were the Dolphins. So then we kind of get the teams that were like, but they snuck into the playoffs. Like the top four teams that led the league in penalties did not make the playoffs. You cannot commit penalties. There's not a single player in this league that can overcome that. Patrick Mahomes can't. Justin Herbert can't. Joe Burrow, Josh Allen can't. Nobody can. Because when you're setting your team back, it takes you off your game plan. When you just exactly. went from a first and 10 to a first and 20 or a second and 20, you're, it's a completely different scheme and game plan you're running. You cannot commit penalties time after time. It just can't happen. You can drop a ball. You can force – you can drop a ball and miss a guy in coverage, but the stupid penalties are going to – they're 
are they going to be the reasons you don't win this division, which is still a thousand percent up for grabs, and wh- why you wouldn't make the playoffs? Yeah, can't happen because if like if you miss a block as an offensive lineman, it happens. Your your play can still be okay because you have other great players around you, and you're Josh Allen who can make a that play. can make up for it. Yeah, if you make a penalty, there's no making up for it. It gets called, and then that's it. Yeah, and so the biggest thing with turning the ship around in my eyes is we've got seven guys here. Trey, Milano, Daquan Jones, Kair Elam, I'm going to include, Micah Hyde, Christian Benford, Terrell Bernard, that were out of this game oh on Sunday. That, those the last right. three are going to kill You've it, got right? A.J. Klein and Bayon Specter who are hurt as well, which aren't major needle movers, but it's all depth. It's all defensive guys. Uh, this defense is playing with third and fourth string people and it shows. And so that's why I think a lot of people are more nagging on the offense because it's like, hey, offense, we need you now. Because when you needed the defense to pull you out, to pull it out for you, you know, they were there when they were healthy. Now, again, the Patriots game, they weren't there. Um, and then they should have. I no excuse whether injuries or not. You should have been able to yeah. stop the Patriots and that, that offense is terrible. The commanders did and um, were better with. The, the commander's exactly. defense, even with the injuries. But, I mean, it's just the – we can't expect the defense to be capable of bailing out the offense anymore. I just don't think that's a realistic expectation. So we need the offense to be great so that they can bail the defense out. Maybe the defense then starts playing with a lead, can make a play. Those kind of things can start happening and rolling, and that's how you get the ship turned around and have your defense start flying around again. But it has to start with the offense. Now, I'll say, at least we were able to score on our opening offensive possession this week. That was a big But what happened after? <laughs> but then, right, exactly. Then you can't keep up. And and that's that interception was the biggest thing because, you know, you have, okay, you you go down a touchdown, then you don't answer. But then you get ba- then you then you force a punt. So now you come out with another offensive possession, still just yeah. down seven, and that's when the interception happens. And, and now they didn't even score off of it, luckily enough. But it just that's another possession where you where you you lose out on a chance yeah. to score, and you can't have that in these kind of games when your defense is this battered, and you're going up against the top tier teams in the AFC. You know, at this, we just can't. We have to, um, if we're if we're going to talk about, um, you know, the the twelve win mark or anything, even anything in double digits, really, we're going to have to start pulling out some wins, even okay. uh, despite wow. some units playing a little bit less. So, we're, you know, we're going to have to. It's going to be tough, but we're going to have to 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 win one that maybe we're not expecting to. Yeah, the defense is battered, and we're going to find out this week. The status of Micah Hyde, Dane Jackson, Christian Benford, and Terrell Bernard. Uh, I think the Dane Jackson injury is not that serious. Um, right. I don't think yeah, any of them are serious, but I'm talking about in terms of playing Monday or not. The extra day will help. Uh, Dane Jackson balled on Sunday night. But I tell you, I'm, I'm a little bit nervous about Micah Hyde, to be honest. I'm not sure. I don't know oh, anything, I don't like that at all. but it's just about, you know, he is going to start playing hesitantly. In my opinion, if, we have, we have a safety issue go. for the future because if when he starts 
when he starts hawking and trying to do what he's doing, he keeps getting re-injured again. And so for me, that is concerning. Is he going to be able to last the full yeah. season uh, without re-injuring his neck or re-injuring himself in any capacity? We have a long-term safety issue, and that's more of a conversation for the offseason, uh, drafting and acquiring new safeties. Because I think right. I think Poor and Hyde are still fine, but long term they're not there yet, or they're not. Sure. You know, what, yeah, you no. know what I'm saying. But it's I also a, we don't say, know we don't know the plan. I mean, we could say that at a few different positions where past the 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 guys we have right now at, at the one, you know, what's it going to look like two years from now? I don't even, even a year, even, even a year from yet. But it, but yeah, but again, I, know, I, I, people talk about that stuff all the time, and I'm like, guys. Like well, nothing we can do about it now is just just gonna cause more problems and more headache, and you're gonna be more sad about the state of the team, and it's not right. fair. But um, but it does about... have people saying in their comments earlier that the that the window is closing, and I wrote in there that you know I think you know this team has another six years of good window available to them, and just, they've got to plug the holes window with, with drafting and and free agency and Ready? stuff. They've got to be able to plug the holes. Now the cap situation doesn't look like they're going to be able to do that in free agency. So then it comes down to drafting and people don't have faith in Brandon being a draft. So maybe that's what, why they're saying the window's closed. I don't agree with that. I I think it's going to be fine. I think that, you know, we have Josh Allen, one of the years, you know, maybe lost to injury. All the great players get hurt once in a while. So (laughs) there's going to, there's going to have, that's going to happen. Like I'm just expecting it. But it's a matter of, you know, yeah, we've got to, we've got to get. Now that's not the the topic of here of how they turn the ship around, but we kind of got off on a tangent a little bit with, you know, what what our depth looks like because it's being put to the test. You know, we we said on defense, deepest, deepest roster in the league was supposed to be the thought. You know, Puna Ford can't be active. active. I thought Linval Joseph. We, we, we signed Linval Joseph off the street. And he, he was immediately solid. plays over Puna Ford. I thought he was solid. I'm not saying he wasn't. I'm just saying we signed Puna Ford. I thought he's Dave been with us since training camp. I agree. I agree. And, I agree. and the guy's supposed to be a depth piece. He can't even play. And we play. praised that signing. You and I both praised yeah. that signing. We loved um, it. And he can't even get on the field. We, we, and when he did. is on the field, he isn't all that good. Yeah. I thought Dane Jackson on Sunday night played great. They're going to need him on Sunday. I think because if you – I know if Benford's out, that stinks. But if you can roll out Dane Jackson or Russell Douglas, you'll be fine. On, Sunday, sure. on yeah. Monday, sorry. But I want to shout out before we get to the AFC East, and I want to talk about the, a little bit of the Brother Broncos game, more or less just give our score predictions uh, mm-hmm. for that game. Shout out to the defense, right? Look, the defense wasn't 100% health-wise, and they weren't an A-plus team grade, all, all that kind of stuff. They got down 14 points early. They didn't give up 21 until end of the second quarter, right? You give up 21 points in the first half. That's never good. You gave up three points. In the second half. Yeah. You it's gave yourself shot. a shot. You gave your offense a shot and they didn't take it. And look, 21 points, unacceptable in the first half. It just it's too many. It's just a tough hole. If you limit to 14 against the Bengals, you limit you get rid of that one touchdown. Well, obviously you win the game by one, but um not even playing that that type of game. But I'm just saying yeah. the defense in the second half showed up, giving up three points to the Bengals, which is Great, and if that's the defense we get in the second half, the down the next how many more games we have left? Seven, eight, eight uh, in the next eight, eight games. games right. Then this team can get to eleven wins. But yeah, if absolutely. it's the defense we saw in the first half, then it's going to be a struggle to get to nine. Yeah, 
This offense has to score. It's, like, there's it's no reason this offense shouldn't score. be able to score 25 to 30 points. You know, and that, you know, look, if you, you held them to 24, you got to get 27 or whatever. You had you know, a shot. 25, but, and, and you could have, and you didn't. And then, again, why didn't we do it? Well, we had turnovers and penalties. Again, um, those simple things that aren't coaching problems, they're player execution and discipline problems. And, you know, whether the players are – out there thinking that they can just step on a field and and beat people they're learning pretty quickly i think this year that that's not the case so you know hopefully there's a come to jesus moment within this team where they can put it together and obviously they're working their tails off every single day to get it right there's no doubt in my mind that they will um you know these are professionals they're they're great guys you see them you know i was you know want to just make sure I give, you know, them their, their due credit. They're, they're great guys. They're, they are true professionals. They approach the game the right way. It's just when it comes to game day, for whatever reason, it's not coming together. And, you know, this year it's come together. in the past. Yeah. Th- this year when they, when we, when we just need it, we've gotten it previously. And that's why we've gone 13 and three, 13 and four, 12 and five, you know, we've, we've gotten those plays in the last couple of years and Bill's mafia kind of almost a little spoiled now just used to, okay, when we need it, we're going to get it because we got this guy, Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs. And it, it, maybe it should be that easy. Maybe it should be as easy as, Hey, we got these guys, you know, when we need something, we should just get it at will. I'm not seeing it, but off. I I hope, I mean, that's, that's what we're going to need to do to turn it around to, to close out that segment. Off. Let's need the ball two times. Defense gave to two times, three times too much. I want to say we'll, quickly here, we'll talk about, is the AFC East still in play? 1,000%. Oh, yeah. Is, is, I'm, they're, down a game, right? they're down a game. We're 5-4. and four and, we have the, and we would have the tiebreaker over Miami. There's we don't a, have the tiebreaker over the Jets. But... You think of the Jets, I think they're going to – they're 4-4. Four and four. They're probably – you know what I mean? They might fizzle out a bit. Um, their offense is terrible. Um, but if – and they play – Jets play the Raiders on Sunday night. Patriots play who are at two wins, so we can probably put them to the side. But if you want to keep count on them, the Patriots, which that loss is still terrible. If you put the yeah. Patriots inside, they have Indianapolis on Sunday morning, and then you have the Bills Broncos on Monday night, right? Uh if Aaron Rodgers takes some more peyote, he might be back sooner than later, right? Aaron Rodgers keeps taking Aaron Rodgers keeps taking drugs, then he's probably gonna come back. Uh or whatever that guy's on. Um, some crazy stuff. But look. You keep pace with Miami. If you stay a game back, you go into week 18 with a shot to win the division. I don't know. Is that is that where you want to be at? Probably not, but you're you're a game back, right? You're a win, you're two wins and a Miami loss from being winning the division. It's crazy where this team is that everything is still right in front of them. So AFC is still in play. Yes. Do I think they're gonna win it? I don't know. I think they get to 11, 10, 11 wins. I don't know if that wins in the division. We'll find out. But Lance, where would you would you say you, you think it's still in play, right? Yeah, I 100% do. I mean, we have another game with them. Um, we and do. we've already beat them once. And then their schedule is extremely favorable to them uh, ours is along not. the way. And ours isn't. So that's, again, that's a tough thing. We're going to need to. But any given Sunday, it's a week-to-week league. Um, you don't. You don't know how the teams are going to change. You're going to get players, you know, 
you lose some players, you get some players back, different things happen. Um, and, and you don't know if, and they haven't been executing. Um, Again, they can't be a winning team. They so, can't be a team with above 500 record. They yeah, haven't done it. Luckily for them, they don't, they don't play a ton more uh, team <laughs> winning teams. So that's kind of, that's kind of the thing that is against us. They have but, the schedule. Um, yeah. They've got the schedule upper hand, but there's no uh, quit in the bills team. And I think they, they still have a shot at it. It doesn't look uh, the best right now, but I think it's definitely achievable. And as he's talking about that, the seven, six bucks team that went to the super, we talked about the bills team. That was two years ago. That was seven and six that ended up winning the division at 11 and six. Yeah. And, was obviously 13 seconds away from making the AFC championship game and they should have made the AFC championship game. So Bengals were five and four last year. The 49ers were around 500 last year. You make a run. You got to win games. You got to string together. Everything's right in front of you. It's just up for the taking. And is this team going to take it? We'll find out Monday night. So let's get to that. Broncos preview. There's not much we need to touch on this game, but the Broncos coming off a bye, but coming off their best win of the season. They upset the Kansas City Chiefs, and that's another thing. Any given Sunday in the National yeah. Football League, because you can win any game, any game against any team, because it's the NFL. The Broncos are sitting at three and five. They started the year off with the loss to the Ra- they've lost to the Raiders, Commanders, Miami, the Jets, and Raiders, Miami, Commanders. They should get two losses for that Miami game. They lost by 50 points. They lost to the Chiefs, too, as well. So they lost. Sorry, I'm going to restart what I'm saying. They lost to the Raiders. They lost to the Commanders. They lost to the Dolphins, Jets, and Chiefs. And they beated, they be, they had beaten the Bears by three, the Packers by two, and they upset the Chiefs by 15. So the Chiefs might be the outlier there, where their yeah. two other wins were combined five points against the Packers and the Bears. Uh, this team is three and five. They've played at better as of late, but this team is nowhere near the level of talent that this Bills team is. But it, we've seen sure. it might not matter. Yeah, we've been trying to use the term "get right" game. I think oh, a little it's bit, nuts. and uh, I th- I think that you know this this week has absolutely got to be something new that figure we, it out. You're at home. Yeah. You're- Please go out there and don't make me sit through this just, you know, grudge match of a game where it's just you can't get out of your own way. You know, I would love, um, obviously, we'll be there. We'll be at the game day hospitality tailgate uh, each and every home game. Uh, So go out and check out our friends at game day hospitality. Get your tickets to that. Um, Hit me up on social media uh, if you'd like to go. We probably have. A couple of spare tickets we can uh get a couple lucky fans out there to that tailgate with us but um i think that you know when i'm i'm just looking forward to being there and and hoping that that this it's gonna be uh a good time uh and i'm nervous that it won't be uh because the the team hasn't hasn't shown uh a ton of promise but against the broncos you you really look at how are they going to evolve the usage? Um, they've seen a lot, a little more of Trent Sherfield on the on the field as well. So I'm going to be looking at personnel usage. Without Dawson Knox, they've obviously got more opportunity to get their wide receivers on the field, um, a lot less 12 personnel. So how are they going to use that? Is that going to help the offense get going um, and just score some points, man? 
like oh, like let's, let's score consistent, consistent, like five or six touchdowns, you know, and, and just, just like four. Just, just I, score. I want five or six, Peter. I want I it. Want... I need it. <laughs> it's one of those type of games where it's it's interesting because you have a Broncos team that's sitting at three and five. Sorry, something. But the Broncos sitting at three and five played their best game of the season this uh, week, oh, two weeks ago, I guess, because they had a bye, but have beaten two bad teams in the Bears and Packers by combined five points. On paper, this should be a blowout, right? Vegas thinks the Vegas still loves the Bills. ESPN's FPI came out with their power rankings today. Not the ESPN power rankings like by reporters, but ESPN's like metric. They had the Bills at three. Three, so, really? Three. I let me go find this. I'll I'll, I'll read. I'm gonna read. The, I'll read it to you guys quickly because why not? Let's keep it interesting. Three. They had the Bills at three. Right now, the Bills are sitting at seven and a half point favorites. Wow. So the top ten were. This is according to NFL FBI rankings via ESPN analytics. So not their power rankings by like reporters, but by their analytic department. Chiefs at one. Ravens at two. Bills at three. 49ers at four. Dolphins at five, Cowboys at six, Eagles at seven. I don't know how that how that works at all. Uh, Chargers at eight, the Bengals at nine, and the Jaguars at ten. The Bills at three. The Bills have the second highest offensive FPI as well, which is the offensive contribution to expected point margin versus average opponent on a neutral field. So they got a seven point two. The Dolphins have a seven point three. That's amazing. It, yeah, they're still. Um, relevant in these metrics because they've got these. That's just kind of stunning to see. And the remaining yeah, strength of schedule is the second hardest, according to this. So um, I don't love that. <laughs> th- there's still a ton of belief in this offense, and rightfully so. I mean, look, the the Bills' offense is 100% healthy. It's a matter of getting execution and getting on the same page, and that's really it. I mean, you talk about some some offensive line play that you know simple stunts and twists and things like that by the defensive line throwing them off they're going to correct that they're going to go back and watch the film they're like i said they're professionals they're very very good at this and we got the we got cromer and and guys that are going to correct that portion of it i think that's the most correctable portion of it um and getting these guys consistently playing as a as a unit this is still their first year so only nine games through um, with a rookie right tackle, right, right guard, um, you know, and, and other things. These guys played very well at times. We know they can do it. Um, and I think that that's what we need to see uh, against the Broncos here this week is, is really controlling, uh, uh, at least offensively, the line of scrimmage to make sure we can do the things we want to do on offense, whether it be run or pass, give Allen the time he needs to find his read or give James Cook and company the room they need to run through, uh, you know, at least the the defensive line of the Broncos. So uh, that's what I'm going to be looking for, especially uh, this week. A thousand percent. Uh, now it's time for our favorite part of the week, score predictions. So drop in your comments below. Uh, Robbie's coming in. Bills 28, Broncos 17 with a little go Bills, a little high Peter Highlands. What's up, Robbie? 28-17 has. So Lance. What's up, brother? What do you got? Bills, Broncos, 
Monday night football. Once again, we get to watch ourselves in prime time. Can we just be at one o'clock? Like I'm begging you just to be at one o'clock. Like I don't want to watch a Monday night game, standalone Bills Broncos game. I want to be at one o'clock and just enjoy the game. But no, because NFL hates me. So what do we got, Lance? Yeah. Um again, you know, you still have the prime time factor. I think Josh Allen has played well in primetime games. He didn't have his best game on Sunday night football coming off it, but you know, still uh, I think we can talk a little bit about that it factor. Um, I'm going to look for a big win, 44-24, Bills. 44-24, you got it. And you know what the cool thing about it, for our show's sake, we'll be able to recap the game basically the day after. Not basically, the day after, which mm-hmm. would be kind of cool. Last week, my dad, so I'm going to drop my, you know, my dad always texts us the predictions. He oh, was, yeah. he wanted me to remind me that he had Bengals 24-20 last week. So he was pretty close on pretty close obviously 2418 this week he texted me he's going with the bills 2414 bills he's going with this week the bills covered by 10 uh i like that i'm going something similar i think the bills cover the seven and a half i like the bills 27 and i like the broncos 17 so i got the buffalo bills 27 and the denver broncos 17 bills win by 10 i'm gonna change mine I'm going to make it 45-24, not 44, just because six touchdowns and a field goal it makes more sense. That's insane, dude. Okay, but I hope you're right. What do we got? Black Panthers coming in, Bills 3, Broncos 0. That would be uh, <laughs> something. A win's Broncos a win. Come. I don't care. Give me a no, win. I think we would care, dude. <laughs> I think we would care just a bit, man. No. Yeah. I think that would be an issue. I guess it would be less of an issue because you won the game, but it would be like we would be sitting there like, oh, boy. Uh, Broncos. Have been playing well, so don't think it's a cakewalk coming into Michael. I don't think it's a cakewalk at all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think they win by ten. I think it's your home. The Broncos coming off their best win of the season, but they've historically this year in their other out of their eight games, they played pretty poorly. I've uh, lost to some bad teams and beaten some bad teams. Yeah, I have. The I mean, I have them giving up twenty four again. I mean, it's the defense just isn't there. Uh, I don't think that they're going to be able to. Um, completely neutralize the Broncos offense because of that. But at the same time, I want, you know, the Bills offense to wake up and go out there and and make a statement. And that's what I'm predicting. Uh, I don't think it's a cakewalk necessarily. I just want to look at the talent level on the two sides and say the Bills talent outweighs the Broncos talent by a ton. And this is really where, um, you know, you're going to need to see this excellent preparation and game plan from McDermott and his assistant coaches. Uh, and I think we see it. That's plain and simple. I just think we see it. And you guys, we, no, no, you guys, we appreciate everyone that tuned in tonight. Lance, anything else you want to touch on before we get out of here? I'm all set, brother. All set. So tell everyone about who we are sponsored by and how good Underdog Fantasy is. Yeah, Underdog Fantasy is the best daily fantasy app out there. Uh, they have so many things you can do, whether you want to play daily uh, games, you have daily pickums, you can do daily drafts, you can do best ball drafts, which last uh, throughout the season as well. Best ball mania that they have going on is the largest fantasy football contest uh, to date. And uh, you use promo code blitz to sign up, you'll get a deposit match up to $100. And you'll get a promo pickum special, uh, usually a player at like 0.5 yards and take higher than that. Typically, you get to uh, you get a little uh, free pick there. So, um, yeah, go out there, sign up now for Underdog Fantasy on the app or underdogfantasy.com. 
with promo code blitz Meow. yeah make sure you use promo code blitz underdogfantasy.com and make sure you subscribe to everything built on buffalo facebook youtube twitter instagram uh, everything else, uh, builtinbuffalo.com. Yeah. Check out the builtinbuffalostore.com. We're yeah. now in collaboration with Buffalo Logo, a local Buffalo business, um, doing our fulfillment there. So shout out to Eric and the guys at Buffalo Logo uh, doing that. Um, you know, great merch out there. Um, and like I said, come out game day hospitality on game on home games. Check out game day hospitality. Uh, they have a bunch of different packages. You can rent a tent with a group. You can get all you can eat, all you can drink for the three hours leading up to the game. Um, and it's just incredible. Andre Reed was there last home game. Uh, people are stopping by left and right. Del Reed goes in and out. Um, you know, there's just, it's it's a big, uh, big party. Uh, Buffalo Food Sluts out there, Bleached by Abigail. Um, shout out to John and whoa, the Game whoa, Day Hostility crew. Name? Her name, is, she goes by Buffalo Food Slut. Is that what you're asking? Yeah, that's her. That's her brand. So, all those people are out there. Um, I'm there. Kulu, Emmanuel Kulu from uh, Buffalo against the world and Built in Buffalo uh, is there. Um, we're gonna have more Built in Buffalo personalities there as well. But come out, uh, have a great time. So, uh, check that out at GameDayHospitality.com. And make sure you guys check out the Buffalo Blitz every Tuesday at 8 p.m. If you guys didn't miss this episode, you can rewatch it on Facebook and YouTube. Just scroll back as well as Twitter. And if you prefer the podcast version, it comes out tomorrow morning, bright and early, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. You guys don't want to miss it. And you guys don't want to miss the Bill and Buffalo presented or the Buffalo Blitz presented by the Bill and Buffalo Network next Tuesday at 8 p.m. as we'll be breaking down, recapping the Bill's the Broncos Bills game. Win. Hopefully, and getting you ready for the Bills and the Jets, but mostly breaking down the Bills and the Broncos. Until then, he was Lance, and I was Peter, and this was the Buffalo Blitz on the Built in Buffalo Network. And as always, go Bills. Go Bills, baby.